coming up next in The Ziegler Show. Tom Ziegler is a very sought-after speaker, and as he just returned from one engagement and was preparing for another and talking to me about the topics, I asked him to just have a conversation with me about it, and we'll share it with you. He discussed the perfect start concept that he just shared with an association of county fair leaders. He talked about the pre-pre-call planning he will be discussing with a group of sales professionals, and the lessons from the near-tragic flight of Qantas flight 32 that he just wanted us all to hear. And it was a focus in planning the intent and outcome that we have for every human engagement and just really powerful. It will kick off with a little shop talk on public speaking as well that you're going to want to hear if you're in the business of influencing. Welcome to the Ziegler show. I'm your host, Kevin Miller. This podcast has a simple premise, and it's to take the age-old wisdom of self-help and personal development and break it down as to how it relates to our world today. You can dig in more with each episode at kevinmiller.co. And if you're new to Ziggler, especially if you're a coach or want to become one, let the Ziggler family empower you and Tom Ziggler himself at ziggler.com slash coach leadership program. Now, here's Tom Ziggler. Well, yeah, Tom, instead of just asking you off camera or off, off microphone, what, uh, how the event was, I, it's a, it should be of interest. We got a lot of people out there who consider themselves influencers, a lot of people writing books, a lot of people coaching, consulting, and a lot of people who want who are presenting from the stage or who would like to. So you got asked to go speak. Oh, tell me, tell me about it. Who was it for? Yeah, so last week on February 4th, I was speaking for the Oregon Fairs Association. Okay. And so think of a state fair, whatever state you're in, and then all the counties have fairs, and they have fairgrounds, and every county has its own fairground. And so these are the people who run the fairgrounds and who host the fairs that come in. So some of them can be small, some of them can be huge. And I was there for their annual convention. They were excited because I think it had been two years since they'd gotten together really oh, right. because of all the stuff that's going on. Uh, and there was about 150. It was there in Salem, Oregon. Uh, and I have to, I have to, I have to say this to all of our Oregon friends. Um, I went hiking at Silver Falls which is just about 30 minutes outside of Salem. And it was unbelievable. Uh, but you guys lie. The hike was rated as a moderate hike <laughs> with only elevation change of 800 feet. But they didn't say that the elevation changed 800 feet like seven times. <laughs> that's, that's fair. I'm, I'm exaggerating. Uh, but I will tell you, it's like some of the most beautiful country I've ever seen. Uh, the trees, the waterfalls, just unbelievable. Another perk of speaking is getting to visit cool places. Yeah, definitely. And of course the people are fantastic. Um, the group that we had was amazing. And we were talking about coach leadership and how to really lead people in times of disruption. Yeah. Uh, and they're in a pretty unique situation because they have these things going on that are constant. One is, 
you have people who've been going to fairs for 40 years and they want it to be the fair of their childhood memories. Right. Yeah. And so that means it needs to be very traditional. And then you've got kids who are coming up who are being inundated with Snapchat and Instagram and, and video games. And so they want the fair to represent what's, you know, on their mind and what they really want. And so you've got this, uh, it's a difficult task they have to market and attract and, and bring in both sets of people. Uh, so it was just great uh, hearing their feedback and really how to lead in times of disruption because we've got to lead our team, but we also really, we have to lead our customers. Uh, they have a lot of volunteers that support the fair, so they got to lead volunteers. And then they've got to lead sponsors and partners. Uh, part of the event that, that I was at, there was a bunch of, of people, entertainment uh, acts and groups that serve fairs. And so they were there. So there's a whole community. Uh, and so leadership is much more than just leading somebody on, on your team who's a direct report to you. It's, it's yeah. really can go as far as the whole community. Well, and I want to ask on that note. I'm going to take the opportunity to ask you about speaking. And when we think, think about that, we generally think, okay, I've got this area of expertise. Maybe I wrote a book. Maybe I'm a, you know, an expert in this area. That's what I am going to speak on. And we can be kind of narrow in who that message is relevant to, which, you know, in, in today's day and age is, is often pretty good to have niches, to have somebody who speaks specifically to this area. But you as a, if I say, you know, a, a business coach, business speaker, you could be, I mean, you're Ziggler, so it could be just sales focused, or you could have, and that's the point, different areas of focus. And in this scenario, you're saying you went and spoke, so they did not have you there as Tom Ziggler from Ziggler Corp speaking on sales. They had you there in regards to the focus really of your book, Disruptive times and is that something that is unique to you and certain speakers or that you see to all speakers that you can have uh, a new focus of your own and have that as a speaking topic and or you know address a current event in the culture at that point and so you're not so pigeonholed to one topic does that make sense yeah so the general uh, reason that people say, hey, we want Ziggler to come is inspiration and motivation, the philosophy, you can have everything in life you want if you help enough other people get what they want, personal development, uh, kind of the ownership mindset, you've got to own your own success, your attitude, your effort, and your skill. That's that's kind of the underlying current. And of course, right now, with all the things going on in the news and you know business and world stage, motivation is more important than ever. Yeah. Um, and so some topics are evergreen, like choose to win uh, and how to create habits that create a balanced life. That's evergreen. That'll never grow stale. Other speakers are very topical. So you might have a sales professional and they do anything under the umbrella of sales. Somebody else might be leadership and they do everything under the umbrella of leadership family or marriage or relationships, those are other umbrellas. So our umbrella is a little wider. Um, and, but we always start from like in our business, um, you know, there's business speakers who talk about systemizing your business, like our partner, Howard Partridge does, you know, the best in the world. 
But if the business owner personally isn't right, the business is always going to struggle. Yeah. And so Ziegler is a perfect tie-in to this. Well, with the coach leadership topic and all of the research I've done over the last two years of what's changed around business, the mindset of the coach leader, in other words, the attitude of the coach leader is is one of the you know two or three most critical things that is important. Well, that's always been a Ziegler topic. And then now the market shifted. People are wanting to work in different uh for different organizations, for different reasons. They, they want balanced life and quality of life as a priority more than in the past. Not that it's never been less important, but now it's front of mind on everybody because of the changes that have happened. And so how do you create balanced success? Well, that's always been a Ziegler sweet spot. It's almost like what's happened in the last two years in the world this is what we've been teaching for 50 years, but now the whole corporate business world is aware of it. And they're like, Hey, we need some of that. And so when we talk about 10 leadership virtues, those virtues are simply the philosophy of how you walk out. How can you, you know, you can have everything in life you want if you help enough other people get what they want. And so it's a great fit, but the, the, the market or the audience or the company that's bringing you in if you're going to be invited, you have to prove based on what you present to them that you know what's going on. And that's really what a book does is a book proves to a potential customer, hey, this person knows what they're talking about when it comes to this subject. Well, and I should point that out, too. We've got, you know, there's you've got people who say everybody's, you know, everybody's got a book in them. Everybody should write a book. Everybody's got a story. It's the best business card. M- Michelle Prince, uh, highly aligned with Ziegler, uh, is well known for that. And yet, you know, we've got other camps. We have people on the show who said, hey, not everybody does have a book. We don't need everybody you know, to write a book. But to what you're saying, man, the aspect of your business card and the value of the message, I do see so much mileage in the business world specific. Well, no, as an influencer in having a book, even if that book does not sell a whole lot, even if that book it's, it's written and you don't have the expectation that you're going to make a lot of money off of that book. It is so solid in helping people know what you're about. I mean, case in point, the show here, who have I ever had on the show who does not have a book? literally a handful of people because, and it's not because I'm looking for, you know, credibility. If you haven't written a book, you're not worth being on the show. It's just the easiest way for me to know what you're about. If you don't have a book, I need to know then what you are, uh, what you're, what you're about. And so if it's, it's gotta be, do you have a course somewhere I can look at? Do you have some kind of a history, some kind of achievement, something like that? So again, back to the book, I agree that, um, it is, it's the best way to establish your credibility. And I say that as a guy without a book currently, won't be long. It'll be there. Been too long coming. Um, but well, yeah, I wanted some insight on the, on the speaking. Now you also told me you had a topic you were interested in talking about today too. I don't know if that was part of your event. Tell me about it. Yeah. So we're working with another client on a custom program and uh, it's really sales training um, and so in sales training, when you take somebody through a process, there's a thing called pre-call planning. 
And pre-call planning is all that due diligence you do before you reach out to your prospect or your customer. You know, it's checking them out on LinkedIn and seeing if you've got any common relationships. If you do, maybe you call them and say, hey, how well do you know Kevin? You kind of get the scoop. You go on Google, you research them. Uh, you find out what business challenges their industry is having. Uh, maybe you know somebody else in a similar role at another organization. You call them and say, hey, what's going on? That's called pre-call planning. And in our uh, sales training, we teach the trust process. Trust stands for think, relate, understand, sell the solution, and take action. But it's all about building trust. And more than ever, trust is the key that yes. because we can, we can, it's always been the number one reason that people uh, don't do business is they don't trust you. But more and more, you can separate yourself from the competition just by creating trust and building trust and, and making trust so visible. And so in the trust process, the T stands for think. And so we're, we're going to think, we're going to do the pre-call plan. We're going to think about what the client prospect needs. <clears throat> and so we're doing a module for them. And <laughs> I came up with the term, the pre-pre-call plan. Okay. <laughs> so it's pre-pre-call. And this applies to life. And here it is. Before you dig into the day, you have before you start doing your pre-call planning, if you're in sales, you need to do the pre-pre-call planning, which is working on your own mindset, which is uh, creating in yourself the energy that allows you to be productive and fruitful throughout the day. And so one of the things I'm going to um, bring to this company is what I call the perfect start. <clears throat> and in Choose to Win, we have a couple of different perfect starts in there. One of them is a short one, one of them is a long one. But I wanted just to share one that everybody could do. It's only 10 minutes long. And this is, this is based under this headline of either the day happens to you yeah. or you happen to the day. So how can you make sure that you happen to the day? Well, here are three things that you can do. Number one is invest three minutes on a gratitude list. Just take three minutes, sit in a quiet place and start writing down what you're grateful for. Come up with at least three things that you're grateful for, contemplate it, meditate on it, and then build on that. And the reason I like this gratitude list is that gratitude can't exist in the same space as things like anger or fear or worry. I mean, yeah. when you start getting filled up with or gratitude, it just pushes out those other things, right? It's hard to be grateful and afraid at the same time. It's hard to be grateful and mad at somebody at the same time if you're really into it. So what are we doing in the first three minutes? We're creating that right emotional state. And then the next three minutes, what we're really doing in this three minutes is we're focusing on how we can go just a little bit deeper into creating the right mindset 
And what I recommend is doing daily affirmations. And so this is the world famous Ziggler.com forward slash self-talk. <laughs> and you read the self-talk card. Mm-hmm. And Kevin, I think that's been our most popular episode download we've ever had. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. That, that was that was an early that was in the first year doing this show. Uh, uh, doing that. And we talked about self talk and then made that URL and, and talk about evergreen. Um, yeah, it is. It's one of those things where, you know, in the motivational world, uh, you can, you know, it gets made fun of, you know, the daily affirmations. If anybody remembers Saturday night live and Stuart Smalley, you yeah. know, the I'm good enough, I'm smart enough and doggone it, you know, people like me. Uh, and, and it is, it's easy to poke fun at. And it's also, unbelievably powerful and the amount of people we've had on this show who talk about either the Ziegler affirmation card that they used or their own version of that. But the power of speaking to yourself, the goofiness is probably comparable to the power. That's why it's so powerful. We can't, it's almost cognitive dissonance. We can't uh, to, to not, you know, if you speak it into uh, your face, you can't not believe it. It would be cognitive dissonance. And it is uh it's powerful. So yeah, folks can get it there. I've kept it in my backpack for years. Uh, you can create your own, but the concept of speaking, I like to think of it as a self-fulfilling prophecy. You are listening to the Ziegler show and my discussion with Tom Ziegler. We'll be right back. Absolutely. And so the second part of the short 10 minute perfect start is simply in investing three minutes in positive self-talk or you could read something else, inspirational, motivational, uh, encouraging, something that you could also meditate on. Uh, you could put in a Zig audio, you could read the scripture. You might have a little quote book that you could read. Cause we've uh, got the popular, the Jesus calling one of the most, famous, you know, from a Christian standpoint, little daily books. It's about that long. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, I know people who've taken uh, scripture and put it in the first person present tense and they read that out loud. And, you know, those are all fantastic things. So we start with gratitude and then we do the affirmation or the positive input. Uh, The number one lesson I learned from dad was we choose our input right? When we choose what goes in our mind, it changes everything about us. And so then the last four minutes is, and this is, this is rocket science here, man. You, you write down your goals and to do's for the day. Like you, you spend four minutes and you create the list. This is what I'm going to get done. Now, so many of our listeners are already beyond this. They've, (laughs) they've got the goals planner, the performance planner, they're, they're, they're dialing all this in. They're already investing, you know, an hour in this whole process and they're getting a multiple times return on that. I mean, there is no better way, but the point is, is so many people uh, have never been taught and don't know that if you get a hold of the day before the day starts, you happen to the day, you set the tone for the day, you, you get everything done. And so that's the perfect start and you build on that. And I would much rather, somebody go 10 minutes a day every day then 45 minutes one day and then skip the next day and then 30 minutes the next day and then skip the next day i mean your total time is more but the but you you lose so much ground by not being consistent in it yeah 
And, and I do want to hit on that, Tom. I find myself saying this a lot. I mean, we've had Robin Sharma on the show with the 5 a.m. club. We've had Hal Elrod with the Miracle Morning. And we have an amazingly high percentage of the people on the show when I do the Habits show talk about their morning routine. But to pull out, like what you said, even if it's just, you just gave us 10 minutes and there's, it's tempting to say, Hey man, everybody has at least 10 minutes. I also want to give people the permission to do it whenever you can. I mean, the idea, the point here is doing it at all is doing those things at all. If you can't do that until your drive to work or your drive on the subway later after the kids are off or whatever, you, you've done it. You, you're already putting yourself in the what 0.000% club. Uh, by doing that. If you can't do it till lunch, so be it. If you can't do it till the end of the day and you're this, this perfect start happens in your evenings, whatever it's, it's not the start. Or you could look at that. Our buddy, Randy James, Dr. Randy James said, Hey man, going to bed at night. That's really the start to the next day. Maybe that's when you do it. Program your mind for it. Now I think we would say the best time is in the morning before you start the day and it happens to you. But I want folks to hear, I mean, just doing these things consistently, I had a friend one time and he said, what makes you a pro is just doing it no matter what, even if it's a little bit, even if you say I'm going to run and this day it's, you got, you got time to run half a mile, do half a mile. Um, and so on this to take even a moment, don't get caught up in the specifics. Yeah. You know, dad used to do both. Um, he would get up in the morning, he'd work through his goals. He'd have his planner. He'd have it all there, <clears throat> plan his day. And then he would leave his planner underneath his pillow hmm. because he didn't use it as he had a daytime or right scheduler uh, back in the day. That's what he ran his appointments by. Um, he didn't use the performance planner. Well, when you get back into bed, guess what was underneath the pillow? Yeah. It was the planner. And so the last thing before he went to bed was he'd look at the next day and put his brain to work. Okay. These are, this is, this is what I need to accomplish tomorrow. These are the, these are the people who I need to reach. And while he was asleep, his, his brain would go working on it, right? And so now he's got his, you know, his creative imagination engaged yeah. around his goals and dreams when he's asleep. Uh, he used to keep a notepad by his bed because he'd wake up with an idea and he'd write it down. You hear that a lot, but, but it really does uh, make a huge, huge difference. I do think about that. It's, it's impacting to me how your mind chews on stuff and how I can, especially I'll notice it with, I'll wake up in the morning and there's just automatically a song stuck in my head. I am listening to music most of the time and realize that's probably the last song I listened to last night, or we listened to it yesterday evening and it's stuck and it's just been sitting there going through it kind of benign. That's fine. But how powerful if it was yeah, an idea I'm trying to figure out a decision I'm trying to make something I want some creativity on and to be chewing on that as I go to sleep is, is, I mean, it's, it's powerful. Yeah. And so that's the, that's the pre pre call. Get your mindset. And then, and then there's one other pre pre call uh, item that I think is just super powerful. And that is the lessons learned from Qantas flight 32. And that's, that is just an amazing story of what happens when you do things right. Uh, and, and it's just, it's an, it's an incredible uh, testimony to the fact that when we're intentional about things, 
there is so much more capacity and capability than we can even imagine. Are you going to fill us in for those who don't know <laughs> the story about Qantas Flight 32? Kevin, don't you know that stories are always better when somebody says, hey, will you please tell us that will story? Will you please tell me that story, Tom? <laughs> yeah, go. Uh, and so for all of our listeners, you can actually go to Wikipedia and look this up. Right. I'm, I'm reading some excerpts out of Wikipedia. So I'm going to give you the background on it. Pretty amazing. Uh, Qantas Flight 32 was a flight from London to Sydney. And they stopped in Singapore. And when they left Singapore, they were in an Airbus 380. And so, Kevin, the Airbus 380, that's the double-decker. I'm looking at it. It's sizable. It's massive. Uh, 469 people were on this flight. I mean, wow. think about it. Uh, my senior class in high school had 50 people in it. I mean, that's, that's a big plane. That's a big plane. So it had Rolls-Royce Trent 900 engines. And so I think these engines are like as big as a, uh, like bigger than a car. I mean, they're huge. And so it, it's, it's taking off. And at 10.01 Singapore Standard Time on November 4, 2010, one of the engines blew. And shrapnel went through the wing and damaged the fuel system, causing leaks and a fuel tank fire, a disabled hydraulic system, and the anti-lock braking system. It also caused number one and number four engines to, get, to go into a degraded mode, and it damaged the landing flaps and the controls for the outer left number one en engine. Okay, so... Let me just say what happened. Uh, the plane lost 21 systems like simultaneously with this explosion. Oh. So imagine you're the flight, flight crew. You feel the explosion. The plane starts to, to go out of control. And you look up at the dashboard in the cockpit. And there are 21 systems. It's like the old Star Trek. They're all going red alert, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, just they're beat. And all those things are happening. Um, they got it righted somehow. They got it flying. And the anti-lock braking system wasn't working. So now landing's going to be a problem. They've got to find a long, long runway. The, the, the flight guidance of moving uh, the flaps and stuff, those are broken. So they had to play around with how are they going to steer this plane, and they figured out that they could steer it by controlling the thrust from the left to the right side, right? So they're not even using normal. They are up in the air two more hours. They land it, and everybody survives. Okay. And they're basically flying a rock with an engine on it yeah. is, is, is what they're doing. And so I'll just ask, you know, all the listeners, um, listen to this. They, they took all the flight recording data, all the black boxes. They interviewed the whole crew. They programmed all of this into flight simulators. And then they had the, the best and brightest pilots and flight instructors in the world get into the flight simulator 
they recreated what happened and every single one of those crashed the plane in really? the flight center. <laughs> wow. Okay. So what was it that allowed exactly. them to land the plane safely? What yeah. did they do different? No idea. I mean, this is like, Pray, what do you want to know? Prayed really hard. Yeah, I'm sure there was some of that. But let me tell you what they did. They traced it back to this through the flight crew interviews. What happened is a lot of these flight crews, they stay at the same hotel. And so when they go to the airport, they'll usually ride the shuttle together. And so on the shuttle over to the airport and to the plane, the captain started quizzing his co-pilots saying things like, hey, we get a bird strike in the number four engine. What do you do? Hey, we lose uh, uh, landing gear. What do you do? Uh, we have a fuel interrupt on the, you know, what do you do? And so he started throwing all these scenarios at them as they're on their way to take over the plane and, and, and fly it. And so this is what they believe happened. Because the flight crew had gone through that process, which is what we call a mental model. They had created slots in their brain to handle incoming information. And so when the engine exploded and they listened to the flight recorder and they heard how the crew processed through that, they did it at such rapid speed, they couldn't believe it the crew was able to determine almost instantly that of the 21 systems that were going nuts, only three of them were required to stay in flight. Wow. And so almost instantly the whole team got fixed on how to solve those three flight systems because the, the brain already had the place for the information to go they were able to make sense of that chaos and problem solve and keep the plane in the air because in a jet speed and altitude are your friends, right? As long as you have speed and as long as you have altitude, you can do things to regain control of what's going on until you figure out what your limitations are. And that's what happened there. And so what does that mean for us? It means that in our perfect start, we should write down in our goals and the to-do lists, we should write down any conversation with a, that's going to be important around our business or our friendships or people who we influence. If we have appointments and meetings and Zoom calls and face-to-face, -face, whatever the situation is, we put that into our schedule and we should do a 60 second mental model for each one of those conversations. Hmm. And this is what it looks like. We, we simply ask these types of questions. Hey, who am I meeting with? Why am I meeting with them? What problems are they facing? What's, what's holding them back? What's keeping them up at night? How can I help? How are they feeling about our getting together? And then in the problems they're facing, how can I help? And then when I start asking them questions, how are they likely to respond to those questions? Who else is influencing them? Who else on their team or in their organization uh, will, will have a say in what we're, what we're 
going to propose? And then what results would I like to have out of this conversation that we're going to have? And so what you literally do is you create slots in your brain, no matter what answer they give you. Because usually when we do our pre-call planning and we, we know who we're going to talk to and we've done some research, we've got a little bit of relationship, we kind of have a general feel for where the conversation's going. But almost none of us do this mental model. Mm-mm. And so this is what I believe. I believe that every person you come across, God put there for a reason. And when it's an intentional thing, like when it's an appointment, the question is, are you prepared in advance for any direction that that conversation could go? Because here's the reality. More often than we realize, we're put into a situation to help land a plane. Hmm. Somebody's in a crisis, they're in a critical juncture, they don't know what to do next. They're stuck or frozen in the business that they're in. And if we have done a mental model about how we can serve, how we can help, what questions can we ask, and we create those slots in our brain, then when the conversation seems like it's spinning out of control, which happens a lot in business, Mm -hmm. we can then figure out very, very quickly the two or three things that are most important to give us the altitude and the speed we need to get this thing landed so that everybody comes out ahead. And I know of so many people, they, they don't give themselves the credit for the business they're in. They say, Oh, I just do this or I just do that. Wait a second. When you do that, well, that's life changing for who you serve and the people in your business. Yeah. And that's why you should do the mental model. It's not just because human lives are at stake. If you crash the plane and you're a pilot, Hey, human lives are at stake by how well you do what you do and whether you get to do it or not with the people you're in front of. You are listening to the Ziegler show and my discussion with Tom Ziegler. We'll be right back. I mean, it brings up, the concept we talk about with your dad a lot with Zig Ziglar thought of known as one of the best presenters on the stage ever. And we think that he just, we just tend to naturally think he had a knack for it. That's just, he was just a born speaker, born salesman. And of course we know that neither of those are true. He was one of the most studied and you as his son saw him practicing and training and practicing and training and walking those things out so much so that I got to witness him a couple of years before he passed away. But after his fall and, you know, he had some cognitive lackings then. And what you heard, though, were those those mental models coming out over and over and over. I don't know how many times that day he said, Kevin, you need to write a book and talking about marriage. And if people courted their spouse during the marriage, like they did before, there wouldn't be any divorce. There would be a lot less. And these models that he had spoken over and over and over. And then like what you talked about there, I don't generally do that in my relationships, Tom. You just meet him with no preparation. You're completely distracted and busy. And then boom, you meet that person face to face and you just go. 
And that's just the natural state of man. That's what we do. And it's a mediocre way of doing it. We probably have a mediocre interaction. And what you're talking is powerful. And I'm not saying that I do it. I, I, I as you're talking about it, I'm sitting there making notes and thinking, okay, sometimes I do that. Sometimes I do that. I don't ever do that, but I seldom do that and treat it with the importance of gravity of the relationship. And especially when we're talking about business, this is one that's important. It's probably going to pay off. There's going to be reciprocity. If I take, if I give it gravity, if I give it the gravity due. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I need to do this more lessons, right. lessons from Tom. <laughs> deep thoughts it's back to silent live what was it deep thoughts from jack handy something like that yours are yours are yeah. much much better uh the perfect start and the lessons from Qantas flight 32 uh man always always a gift tom yeah and i tell you a little just a bonus section here um i read a book called boyd and it's about the greatest uh aviator in history this guy invented kind of um, warfare strategy for mm -hmm. for aircraft and he invented this methodology called the OODA loop and we talked we've talked about it before on the show and it, it just simply means that if you're going to go into battle OODA stands for observe orient decide and act so you're so think of a fighter pilot they're entering uh and there's planes going everywhere so they're observing it then they orient so orient means you know where your friends and your your foes are where the safe retreat is uh how much altitude you have is there cover you know are there clouds or their mountains whatever and then you decide what you're going to do and then you act or you attack um and the way you win in war is you do your action should be the least expected action that the enemy would have of you and so if you're known for brute force and all these things then they're gonna ex they're gonna expect an attack right up the middle right mm -hmm. and so what do you do you do the opposite and so why do you do that okay it's because Battles are won in how much time your mind is spent in confusion. Hmm. And so if you and I are going to go, uh, you know, mix it up outside on the playground, if, I, if I'm a typical uh, fighter and I do the three things you expect and you're bigger, stronger, faster, a little bit more experienced than me, I got no chance, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. But... If I do three or four things in a row, every one of them least more uh, less expected than the previous one, your brain freezes and you melt down and you don't know what hits you. And so think about this. These are two sides of the same coin. The mental model is preparing your mind for anything that could happen. And that's how they landed flight 32, right? So if you're going to fight somebody who's doing a mental model, they've already thought through what are the least expected things that could come their way, yeah. right? They've already, they've already done that. And so isn't it interesting? The way we stay alive and the way we win is really that same approach. 
is is looking at a situation and thinking, what are they going through? What's what's their primary? What's their secondary? What's the least likely? And having a slot for all of those. Yeah. And what I'm hearing is, as you say, the way to win a, a fight, it would be also the way to serve somebody well. Same thing is to understand yeah. them. Because as you were talking about that, thinking mm-hmm. about who are you meeting with, what problems are they facing, how will they feel about this meeting, how can I help them, how are they likely to respond, who else influences? I'm thinking about my kids. How powerful for a parent to consider that when you sit down with your kid instead of just going into the general parent-kid routine and you want to say your thing and you're hoping they won't roll their eyes and they're expecting you to do this and even to just sit down and go, look, let's not do this again. Let's do something better. Whether you say it out loud or whether you think that in your head and to sit down and go, how can you, maybe you should confuse them. Maybe you should sit down. And not well, be Somebody done. famous said, you know, when somebody hits you, turn the other cheek. Yeah. 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 Hmm. That would probably confuse your kid. There you go. And then you'll, you'll win the fight to serve. Let's call it that way. The fight to serve. Maybe that's the title of the show. Fight to serve. All right. Tom, thanks brother. Be blessed. Well, thanks for tuning in with us. A reminder again, if you're an influencer and especially have interest in coaching, check out Ziggler.com slash coach leadership program, or just connect directly with Tom Ziggler at T Ziggler. That's Z I G L A R at Ziggler.com. Coming up next in episode 969, I sit down once again with renowned researcher, speaker, and author Dan Pink. Dan has sold literally millions of copies of his books, such as A Whole New Mind, Drive, To Sell is Human, and When. But this new book may be his most profound yet, at least for me, and it's titled The Power of Regret, How Looking Backward Moves Us Forward. And he'll change your paradigm on how you view regret. And a key point you're going to hear is how our regrets really showcase our values. And the point is how we can harness it and how most of us are missing it because we think of regret as this bad taboo thing. Well, till then, thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together. 